Off the ball. GAA. And we lost. They were shite. And then Jim Gavin was like, we're having a beating tomorrow. <laughs> we were, it was just like, oh, we're not around. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. OTB's The Hurling Pod. With Board Gosh Energy. Proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. Welcome along. It is the hurling pod. It is a case of me handing out homework and the teacher gets trouble about his homework, as you're probably going to hear in a moment. Uh, We're going to pick our best 15. This is entirely inspired by a challenge laid down by the football pod. I'm not sure exactly how you uh, classify this, but a few weeks ago, they picked their team, had to pick one per county. I'm pretty sure I ended up on a news round with Nathan on a Thursday and he was like, well, it'll be a bit more difficult with the hurling because it's harder to go down in depth to pick a 15. Why don't the boys do it in the hurling pod? And I promised we would do it when we got to the break weekend in the league. So here we are. I did a draft on that night, stuck it into the group, then didn't realise I should have reviewed that draft before, as you're probably going to hear in a little bit. I believe the guys have already put in wild cards in here or potential wild cards. So I haven't seen their teams so far, but I'm intrigued to see how it's going to work out. And we're also going to talk about Mary I who stopped UL from doing the treble, beat an all-Limerick final that was played in Kerry on Saturday afternoon. And it's a huge win, particularly for Jamie Wall, who is coaching Mary I at the moment. So he was a selector with Damon Cregan in 16, took over from Cregan in 17, won as manager, and has now won his third and his second as manager, having played for the college uh, some 11 years ago in a Fitzgibbon final as well. So it's a remarkable achievement for them. Uh, we'll talk about them upsetting the odds against UL in a moment. But delighted to say, as always... Paul Murphy's here. How's it going, lads? And we've got James Scal. Evening, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, be honest here now, Scal. How long did you spend thinking about this best 15? Um, you know, the thing is, like, I got kind of... It, it's a tricky... It's, it's a very, very tricky team to pick. If you ask me to pick the best 15 hurdlers in the country at the minute, I'd say I'd fly through it. Mm-hmm. We're picking this one from county. And then what happens is I, I start thinking situational. You know, in re- like as if it's going to happen in real life. You know, and look, I know it's to my detriment, lads. I'm sorry, but that's just the way I am. So it's like if I just take on some team, how are we going to get on? What's our tactics, etc. So, Will, you had put up a team maybe a week ago or 10 days ago. So my sole focus came on your team. How am I going to beat the shit out of Will's team? That's all I started thinking about. Okay. And I, have a t- I, think, I think my team beats your team. Albeit, there are some of the same personnel, yes. But only a couple now. But I think, uh, I, think I beat you. Okay. I was going to do the Fitzgibbon first. Let's do the team because this is now open up. Gauntlet now, Toronto. It has begun, and I'm intrigued to see where James Gale has gone, particularly. So, do I have to go first then? Considering you were ready to take the piss out of my team, I have to go before you. You might as well go because your your team is out there in the WhatsApp, anyway. So here is my thinking directly out of the WhatsApp team. Before you start now, Will, right? There is an omission on your part now, right? Yes, there is. So this is always a concern with these type of teams that you actually forget someone. Mm-hmm. Right, forget someone is one thing, but in this type of question, forgetting the county is a different thing. <laughs> so, William McCallaghan, you forgot Wexford. <laughs> what have you got against Wexford? No shade against those. Hey, it's Wexford. Hey, it's Wexford. I, was in, I was in Wexford at the weekend. I was having points with John Aldridge at the Wexford Republic of Ireland supporters. Club. And how did you forget Wexford of all counties then? That's, I was getting ready to go there probably when I was writing this list or thinking about it at the time. <laughs> um, I think what happened, right, and I'll reveal the team in a second, is that I was trying to go, this is at least my methodology. I wanted to put on each line of the pitch where possible someone who's hurling in the Lee McCarthy and then try and pick someone in the line for the best part who's hurling outside the Lee McCarthy. So I'd have a Lee McCarthy player, potentially with two non-Lee McCarthys, 
thinking about this, of course, I started doing a scale on it, overthinking it. And then at one point, I had written down definitely on a sheet of paper, Rory O'Connor, Lee Chin. Wasn't quite sure which I was going to pick for my forwards. Ended up putting in, I think it could have been Conor Whelan or Donald Burke at that point. And at that stage, I forgot to go back to Wexford. I put in every, a team in the Lee McCarthy, I think from every other county, but Wexford. Then, of course, smart arse Paul Murphy, about a few minutes before we come on air, went, yeah, show us your team there again, will you? And then, <laughs> unfortunately, Stoll Scales thunders somewhat by going, you do realise you haven't put a Wexford player in there. Well, Scales should have told me this. He should have texted me before to say, if you wanted to keep this under wraps, to hop off you. But, like, I was actually... Now, you were calling me smart arse. I did you a favour, Will. Oh, you did? Oh, no, I'm very thankful for it. Now you're blindly walking into an ambush now. I actually sure. think... I actually think indirectly it tells the story of, of the differing personalities between Murph and I. I was ready to hang you on air. I record, okay. And Murph said, no, I wouldn't do it to him. I wouldn't do it to him. But I had that... Uh, he's he's, he's had a now, considering he forgot to record there about two weeks ago. I couldn't... Could be the breaking of the man if I did it. This is true. See, my thinking was the other way around as well. I was actually trying to find a way to pick some of the best hurlers outside of the McCarthy Cups. This is where I thought this experiment was interesting and I was trying to go right where am I going to get two or three of the very best from outside in and then I'll worry about the Lee McCarthy players afterwards I have a feeling that Scale may well have retrofitted his team to beat the weaknesses of my team but we'll see now in a second so will I start and say who I've got in yeah Yeah. rock on alright okay so in goal man who got his 100 appearance for Leash a couple of weeks ago when it beat Clare Ender Rowland who's very good all-star nominee um he gives you not just very good goalkeeping skills, he's got one of the best puckouts in the game, and he's a threat when it comes to freeze and penalties. He can yeah. hit long range frees, scored a goal from play. I was going to say, for his club goal, last yeah. year as well. Yeah, so, and Roland, I think, is a good, solid choice, especially when you're going outside the very, very top tier. I've gone with a guy who's marked Canning, who's marked a lot of the big players, definitely against Seamus Callanan. I think he took up Jason Ford in another game when they were playing. And generally, he does very well. Played excellently for Westmead when he came back for his first game back when they played Limerick uh, just before the break as well. So I'm putting Tommy Doyle of Westmead in at number three. I'm putting one of Merce's favourite players in a cornerback in Paddy Burke, mm. who I think can hurl further out but can definitely play a cornerback and is a fantastic hurler. So he's my Antrim selection. I've put a guy who did really well on Lee Chin when he played in the half-back line uh, a couple of weeks ago in Ben Keneally of Offaly, who's going to be my cornerback. So the former Offaly captain, he's played Shinty for Ireland as well. Uh, He's definitely uh, would be, I think, in very good company at the very, very top flight. So that's my full-back line and goalkeeper. We come out slightly. So for Waterford, and I'm not sure who's going to play at six in this half-back line because they can all play across the half-back line. I've got Tyg de Burke of Waterford. I've got Fiona McKessie of Kerry. And I've got Kieran Joyce at Cork. So that completes my back six. I hummed and hawed about Tipperary. And I was very tempted to put even the in-vogue Tipperary player in Garrod O'Connor into my forward line at one point. But I decided to go with Noel McGrath tip in with Keane Lynch of Limerick. I've got a half forward line. Tony Kelly of Clare. Lee Chin of Wexford has now gone in. I did have Pierce Oak McCrickard of Down in there at one point at wing forward. But Lee Chin can move to 11 after Paul helped me out. And Donald Burke is going to play in the other wing. And I've got an inside forward line, Carlo's record scorer of all time in Marty Kavanagh. And in the two corners, I'm going for Owen Cody and Connor Whelan. So that's going to be my 15. Okay. The strong yeah. team. Yeah. As, as you were naming your team, I think I have, uh, which is going to happen here, it's going to be guys that are going to overlap. Hmm. So I actually have five guys overlapped with you. I, I have not bad. Not bad. Here now. one, two, three, four, five. 
Um, While you're counting the numbers, the one thing I wanted to get away from was potentially another way you could do the method on this, where you could absolutely stack it by, say, picking all of the best forwards from the top few counties and going, that's where I started. Forwards and will win. Good shot, Will. That's where I started. And I thought, no. Think of my NFL days. Defense wins championships, lads, right? So I said, I need to find a bit of a balance here. So (laughs) the team I picked right, we can run at you. Okay. We can win the ball high. And we can... (laughs) What are you laughing at, Murph? We can... (laughs) We can run at you. We can hit... (laughs) We can can win the ball high. We can go short. (laughs) We can go long. We can shoot from distance and we can score goals. Right? So in in the rollers and goals as well, okay? Okay. Uh, My full back line is Owen O'Donnell, Tommy Doyle, Sean Finn. Automatically, you're saying, hold on a second, he's used his limerick card in the fullback. Big line. call, big call. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, my big call is coming in a few minutes, right? Um, oh, Halfback sure. line, I think, this isn't too bad now. It's Tyg de Burke, Kieran Joyce, Killian Kiley. Okay. Yeah. Kiley can go midfield, forwards in the halfback line. So I'm <laughs> pitching him in the. So you're, you're sound like a manager now, Scott. You're saying, Kylie, you have a free license. You have a license to roam. Go where you want there. You feel that out there, right? So but he great. can. So he's like, he's he's multi-directional. He can go. Where... Now, this, this is a tricky <laughs> one now, right? Tricky Wait, one. There's, there's some of these boys are only one direction, are they? They can only go in one direction. Killing <laughs> <laughs> Kylie is multi directional. Right, go no, on. It's, it's not enough to have a plan A. You have to have plan B, C, C, and D as well, okay? Right. Okay, go on, go on. So this is this is this is one now that could get me in a bit of bother. So I've Shane Conway midfield from Kerry and Dave Fitzgerald from Clare. So I haven't put in Tony Kelly. You know, obviously I haven't put in one of the, the Limerick big hitters because I can't exactly. Yeah. Uh, but where I've bought, I've bought myself a pick. So half forward line. Um, this is this is a tank half forward line. So I've Garrett Connor from Tip in wing forward. Uh, Johnny Glynn from New York centre forward, <laughs> and I've Adrian Mullen from Kilkenny the other wing right. Uh, so that you, you just went over that that you hadn't just brought Johnny Lynn into the equation. Just yeah, right, go on. Yeah, on. like if you, if you look at um, GA.E, right, he's currently a New York player. So yeah, yeah so you can't take that off me. Um, yeah, and then in the full forward, I have Conan Cunning, corner forward. I have Rory Connor, full forward. He's from Wexford, Will. Um, heard, yeah, I heard yeah. the county. Yeah, I'm familiar. And, and then I have Connor Wheel in the other corner. Um. Not for me to rule this out of order, because when I the minute I heard Johnny Glenn, it was like it's happening again. Kind of flashed through my mind. Deja vu, yeah, yeah. yeah he he didn't play in the Connacht Development League, though, did he? No, injured. So is he actually eligible for this? Injured. I that's would, a lie. Yeah. Look, that's a lie. I have no idea he's injured. Okay, I was trying to get an excuse myself. <laughs> I think he's allowed though. He's he's a club member of of New York, so like, yeah, I think he's allowed. I'm happy. Any Johnny Lynn contribution, I think. Look, Will, in fairness, Will, right? Look, you didn't need I see this as a Shawnee right. Johnson situation. I think you need Glynn to play for the New York Hurlers before he can actually be declared a New York Hurler, technically. No, listen to me now. You didn't even pick a Wexford originally, so there was no way you were going to think of Johnny Glynn. <laughs> right? You're just angry because you didn't pick him first, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's, not your, it's not your night will to be throwing stones to be fair uh, no go on so go I, on. I think uh, Murph okay being the neutral here or semi-neutral whose team wins there ah Jesus I can't call that straight off the top now um, let me see but like you were kind of saying that you went based off what Will picked so you were saying that if, if Will hadn't put out his team first you would have went for something different. Like you would have picked. Oh, a so I'm saying, will will kind of you lead you led me in a direction, right? And as you're right. leading me in a direction, I said, you know what? My team is coming together nicely. So, so then I said, right? If if in, if in the event we had someone who stacked the forwards, right, with with uh, with tier one counties, I could still beat you. Like my forwards here, right? Look at the size of them. Uh, 
So like O'Connor, Glynn, Mullen, Cunning, O'Connor, Wheeler. That's a fair. That's a fair lump for forward line. And there's Jeez. pace and power in that. And dead ball specialists in every line. You probably have too many dead ball specialists. Yeah, you only need one. I have Rory I have Cunning. I have Garrett Connor. I have Shane Conway. I have Kylie. Just I, yeah, I have a coverage. I have Inder Roland. I'd say Garrett O'Connor would take the freeze. Yes, I definitely. Would, yeah. And sidelines after yesterday. Mm. Yeah. You probably let Roland or Kylie hit them long distance. So you've yeah. got a bit of a mix there. Like, none no. of us are going to be short of free takers. It's obviously free I'm under pressure on midfield. I won't, I won't lie, I'm under pressure on midfield. <laughs> Why are you under yeah. pressure? I'm under a bit of pressure because you've got Keane Lynch and Noel McGrath and two, you know, two dynamos there. But we have to run, you. Have to get you going back to your own goals, man. <laughs> yeah, right. So, Sean, Sean Finn. Why pick Sean Finn when you could yeah. have went for one of the Limerick players further out? Now, that's no shade on Sean Finn at all, but why'd you pick him? So I, I listed out all the counties, okay? And then I picked the best hurler. I listed, I listed all the counties and then I picked the best hurler from the tier two counties. Or probably, let's say, outside of number one to call it 12, 10, right? I picked every other county out of that and the hurler. And then when I started inputting them, I picked two or three options of each. It kind of came together by itself. And then I said, you know what, Sean Finn, someone's going to put in Owen Cody. Someone's going to put in, you know, that needs a bit of Mark and a Galan or something. So I said, I have the man for you. So I said, Sean Finn, in you go there. If you're though. So yeah, Sean Finn is going straight on Owen Cody. And then Owen Donnell is going on Conor Whelan. He's all, he's, he's had good battles with him. Tommy Doyle will take care of Marty Kavanagh. Won't he? he will. They, they'll play each other. In yeah. the, the, well, they won't, then, they won't play each other. And then Mike Conor Whelan. Mike Conor Whelan. I love the way that you're just like, you're just black and white. Yeah, sure, Tommy Doyle, yeah, he's going to get rid of Marty Kavanagh. Then you have Sean Finn. Yeah, Sean Finn. Yeah, sure, he'll just get rid of it. Like you're just there's no even argument here. You just have yourself convinced that oh this is black and white. I convinced is the word, yeah, but I just think it's belief, Murph. It's absolute <laughs> belief in my guys. I didn't turn it around, right? So in one breath I'm saying Sean Finn's gonna take care of Connor Whelan for me, right? But then mm. my Connor Whelan, right, he's gonna get you know, one four off, off Ben Keneally. Tough. One four. He was it, right? Very scientific there. One I think Colin Cunningham yeah. Cunning is going to have a training match against Paddy Burke and he's gonna do it for me. <laughs> what happens if what happens if Keneally switches sides and uh, the two Antrim boys don't cup against each other oh tomato tomato <laughs> that's not how that's meant to be used <laughs> well <laughs> same thing <laughs> I'm not sure this was exactly how this segment was meant to go but here no. we are um, Murph do you want to do your team and okay. then we can uh, we can throw around because the one thing I will admit on the Sean Finn thing when I was thinking about Limerick, there was definitely part of me that was incredibly tempted to just put Galan in. Because mm. if you look at Galan's form over the last few years, now look, I am a massive Keen Lynch fan, so naturally I just kind of, I go for Lynch. For me, Lynch is the team that I would build a team around if we did one of your hypothetical draft and whatever else. But there's an argument to say that Galan might be the most effective pick because you put him in there, he's going to be a huge danger. And maybe then you can even put in an extra half forward or an extra midfielder because you could put one up with Galan with everything that he does. So I don't know. Maybe Galan is in your team. Maybe he's not. Take it away, Paul. Let's see where you are. Um, so I, I, I counted maybe eight or so, the same as yours, Will. Could be more. Oh. Uh, I lost track with, with Skehel, to be honest, because I was trying to just keep track of his team. Um, so, <laughs> right, in the roll and in the goal. I think that's a clean sweep for in the roll, is it? Did you have yeah. Enderall in the schedule? Yeah. Yeah, I did, sir, yeah. Full backline. Uh, Tommy Doyle, Hugh Lawler, Paddy Burke. 
Um, again, I suppose looking at Hugh Lawler there, you might have been thinking might pop on Cody in there or someone mm-hmm. maybe further up. But um, ah, I just think the full back position number three itself is a tough position to fill. So I think it was kind of between him and Dottie Burke. Jeez, um, that's interesting now. I'm you shocked did, you didn't pick another uh, didn't back back person because I put, put him on the bloody thumbnail as well. But anyway, I saw you put him on the thumbnail, and I said that's very presumptuous of you. Like at the end of the day, this team, the problem, the one thing I noticed about this team is that let's say you take Hugh Lawler out of there and you go right, Dahi Burke, it now changes, it affects your forwards then because now suddenly Connor Whelan, right, have revealed a full forward. Connor Whelan is now out, so now you have to go right. Now it's not that big of a shift, but mm. that's what I thought the dynamic of this is actually very good because you take out one player but actually somewhere else it affects somewhere else as well anyway um, I think it's a very strong full back line anyway. Tommy, Tommy Doyle Hugh Lawler Paddy Burke half back line uh, Killian Kiley Kieran Joyce Fiona Mackesy I think quite similar to yours as well Will so Kieran Joyce is across all three teams Tommy Doyle is across all three teams and then the Rose Killian Doyle Killian Kiley is uh, he is on two of our teams anyway Fiona Maxi's on two teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have Tony Kelly and Lee Chin midfield. Half forward line in. I have Donald Burke, Keen Lynch, and Garrod O'Connor. And then full forward line, I have Marty Kavanagh, Connor Wheel, and Desi Hutchinson. Shout. Mm. I kind of wanted to, like, I was saying Desi Hutchinson there from the Watford pick. Um, You're not hurting about yeah. midfield like last year, are you? No, 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 no. Couldn't do that to him. He's very much in a Ballygunner role here now. This is on the edge of the D, landing balls in front of him, let him pick it up, little bit of a side shuffle, pop it over the bar. If I was going to detail the way Skettle goes into detail, that's what I want from here. Conor Whelan is in a full forward, bulldozing lads, coming out, winning balls, popping balls over. And then Marty Kavanagh is, actually you are saying about Aaron Gillan, Marty Kavanagh does that kind of a role where Marty Kavanagh drifts along and will pick up, let's say if you're landing ball there on, on Conor Whelan, you have two sharp lads who are, I suppose, proven not only point scorers, but goal scorers there, Dizzy Hutchinson and Marty Cavanaugh off the shoulder. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's my team. I'm actually very confident in that team, to be honest. Yeah. I think so nice balance. Pick up the Garrod O'Connor point here, because mm. uh, Nash was almost on Friday, and he, was just, he coached him the last couple of years at UL and was talking about like how he's developed and how it's not a case of we should be waiting for him to explode. He is ready for this summer to kind of lead Tipperary into the next cycle for that team, and he can be their key forward, even um, when we are talking about, say, forward coming back in for championship. Like, what's impressed you so much about Garrod O'Connor so far that both of you have picked him? And I know at least I thought about it quite a bit before putting McGrath into my team. I was going to put O'Connor in as my other Tipperary choice. So all three of us have been impressed. What's impressed you about him, Murph? Uh, look, I suppose he's had a flawless start to this year. I mean, both from a Tipperary point of view and then from a Fitzgibbon point of view. Um, for me, when I was looking at it from a Tipperary point of view, there was three lads I was looking at. It was Jason Ford himself or Ronan Maher. So I was kind of looking somewhere around there. Like, I mean, Ronan Maher can play full back to wing back for you. So, but then I was just saying to Rod O'Connor, I was like, okay, right, he's had a few good weeks. Does that mean he comes ahead of Jason Ford? But like, in fairness to him, you can just see the class that's in him. Like, he is an exceptional hurler. Uh, and um, like, you even see the scores he was getting um, at the weekend, you know, popping up with a goal as well. You know, what did he score the week previous? Was it maybe one, was it one eight or so uh, against Galway? Maybe one ten. But like, was, just, there's one ten, yeah. Yeah, just the, the numbers he's racking up is serious. But from his open play as well, like, you know, from open play, he's not just contributing 
like as a free taker. In open play, we, we saw him, and we spoke about it last week, where he almost has an, an Austin Gleason type style to him that he's very much reading the game in front of him and has a few flicks and tricks. You know, he's not he's not a very beige hurler. Like, he's he, he's a lot of colour to his play. Um, and even just, you know, at this time of the year, you don't really associate with lads being stylish and a lot of stylish hurling. So I'm expecting, you know, once the ground firms up and, and uh, we get the bit of dry weather, that you'll really start to see few Garota Connors stylish flicks and tricks and you know really getting to open up the shoulder so look the vein of form is in the moment three man in the matches in a week um, across Tipperary and, and Fitzgibbon so I just think at the moment it's like fake it go and form into the team yeah, we'll talk about the fits in a bit more detail, Scal, in a little bit. But like in a way, that speaks to how well Mary I were able to kind of shut down the space against UL at the weekend. That look, even at that, their star forward still sparkled from time to time. Adam Hogan had a particularly good game for Mary I, but mm-hmm. um, the Garrod O'Connor maybe didn't get the space that he would have had a week before. Actually, Mary I did a really good job on him at the weekend. Uh, they did a reasonable job, in fairness to him. I think he's. Still, I know he didn't. The goal was all he got from play, but he still contributed an awful lot, and it kind of leads into Murph's point when you're looking. At him, you know, even from a temporary perspective, you're kind of in the absence of the Seamus Canlins and potentially the Jason Forces that you're looking for someone to make an impact immediately. And, and Gareth Connor, I know he's been here over the last year or two, but he looks like a guy now who can be, um, you know, extremely effective for Tipperary. Not, not just a guy who'd be the number four, or number five forward, them, but he's he's potentially to be the number one slash two forward because he like that. He's a big man. He's physical under a puck out. He's got deceptively quick. Uh, he's deceptively quick, quicker than I thought. You find he finds himself all over the pitch, so he's reading the game very well, and he's a dead ball specialist. So if you've got a dead ball specialists who can contribute from up play like he does, that's super, you know. And like if a team can nullify uh, a player of, of Gareth O'Connor's, I suppose, ability from open play to a goal, you know, in a final, that that that's a testament to their effort. Now, Mary I were were really good and they were vigorous. It was kind of like a it was a I probably class it as a workman like performance. They really outworked dogged everything. You know, and and they were fully deserving for the victory. It wasn't it wasn't the greatest game by all. There was a bit of drama, obviously, with the with the um, you know, obviously well pegging pegging back near the eye. But like for for near the eye to kind of you know stop the forward line of you will that's that's a, that's a feat in itself. You know, because you, you look you look through that, and even the subs that come in, you're talking serious quality from from most counties. Not just serious quality. You're talking potentially one of the best forwards in each county. Do you know what I mean? So you go to Mark Rogers, the captain. You go to Adam English, who's who played unreal for, for Limerick there two weeks ago. You go through to, uh, to Gareth O'Connor, we just spoke about. Then you go to Sean O'Hanlon, who's playing with Galway, etc. So there's there's guys there who are contributing heavily to inter senior teams and the Mary Eye group did, did very, very well. So fully deserving for the victory and uh, you know happy to see the three in a row stopped as an LRT man. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling you would. Um, we will get back in a bit more detail about the uh, the fits in a little bit. But uh, right, let's look at the players we we all picked. Then, <clears throat> what's good about Andrew Rowland Skell that you that we've all picked him? Um, there's there's two things I suppose. Like for the way the game is evolved now, rule number one is the goalie stopped the ball, so he's well able to do that. You know, he's a good shot stopper. Let's he's safe, he's safe with hands. He's safe from open play. And then if you can get a goalkeeper who can contribute, um, as we saw with Jason Glenn yesterday, from from dead ball perspective, and has has the range of puck out, they can go short or go long. You know, you're just kind of adding a string to your bow as a goalie. You know, so like if you're looking, particularly for this exercise, um, you've got a guy who can who can play all facets of the game. As I said, he can go short, he, he can range mid third, and he can go long. And so if you've got you know conditions by your side, you've got a scoring threat inside your own thirty. Like he's, I think I think he's scored a puck out before, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he's he's you know, pucked over a few. He pucked. He scored a goal from a puck out last year. Yeah, 
And the thing is that he, he doesn't get kind of succumbed to that. Sometimes you get people who look at their strengths and just keep going with their strengths. Like he, he is able to hit the 60-yard pass that, that most senior county goalies can do nowadays. So like the, it's it's in his range. So if you've got someone like him, you can you can utilize different types of personnel in different areas. So you can go with the big man on the edge of the square and go long, real, real long, or you can go with smaller guys and and you know puck it in, in front of them with a, a large trajectory shot. So like he has that. And again, like we've seen shot stop ability from him. Um, and to, I hate to, I don't mean this in a bad way, but because he's been you know playing against playing against really good counties over the last number of years, he gets a lot of work. Do you know what I mean? So like we see him, it's a bit like back in the days of James McGarry and PG Ryan, they used to never get all-stars, you know, because they didn't get the work because the cleaning backline was so good. But unfortunately for Inda, he gets the work, you know, and that's why he gets to showcase his skills an awful lot in fairness. I don't mean that in a bad way. You know exactly what point I'm trying to yeah. make. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So like he gets to showcase it a lot, which some days he might like, other days I'd say he doesn't. <laughs> Sometimes you prefer to be yeah, a bit less busy and wing and get wins on the board as opposed to that. Um, we've probably reached the point, Murph, when it comes to Tommy Doyle then, where for a long time people were saying, this guy is the most underrated hurler around. Yet I think he's perfectly rated now, given all three of us have picked him and there wasn't an eyelid that was uh, batted when we put him, in, put him into all three teams. No, and I think where maybe people say that he's underrated is in terms of the general public, that his name just wouldn't be out there as much as other players. But for anybody who follows Hurling in any great detail, everybody knows about Tommy Doyle, you know, and I, I think he does get the respect amongst Hurling people that he deserves. I mean, he's put in some serious performances over the years and, you know, we've spoken about him on the on the on the podcast on days where Westmead have had a tough day but a shining light in the middle of it was him shutting down a serious inter-county player like you know a Peter Duggan or someone and and he's he's done seriously good jobs um, and I think the likes of those efforts that he's had like I mean I remember reading articles and stuff as well where you know he, he kind of Westmead drew a bit of inspiration from a few of his performances. You know, days where they're expecting maybe to um, take a bit of a beating. Tommy Doyle has a really strong performance at full back, which is a very unforgiving position. And it, it's almost as if Westmead drew a bit from that. Um, so, like, to inspire your team from a full back, from number three, uh, while you're marking, uh, you know, a serious intercounty player, regardless of, you know, whatever team he's playing, that's that's a testament to how good he really is. And we've we've definitely uh, mentioned it some of the days where we said that he, he would probably get into most teams in the country let's say at his peak you know Baron Limerick you know there was every team in the country would look at Tommy Doyle and say there's he would have a place and, and his game would come on even that bit more if he was playing you know on your Galways or Tipperary's as well but no like I mean like you said we didn't even bat an eye there when we all threw him in there he's an obvious choice and he's look an all around great hurler born in any county he, he would make the majority of inter-county teams mm. um We've already had the explanation there, Scale, from Murph as to why Mikey Butler has not been picked. His club mate and county mate, Hugh Lawler, has been picked a fullback instead. I don't we, think I explained that, did I? I don't think was, an explanation was given. I put words in my mouth here. I picked Hugh Lawler. Explain why you picked Hugh Lawler, so therefore that explains okay. why Mikey Butler wasn't there. Well, was, was there any temp- temptation to put him in? I'm kind of worried that, that what might happen now is because you knew that we would have went, you know, ding, or you would have heard the pen going off the minute that we actually mentioned uh, Mikey Butler's name, that you actually talked yourself out of picking him as a result. Maybe I wanted to show my depth of knowledge for Hurling that I don't just talk about Mikey Butler. I don't know. But no. certainly when you put up, it was in my mind when you put it up on the 
Um, I shouldn't have put that after it was the, the yeah. thumbnail, and you were like, "Oh, we'll definitely pick one of these players." And it was three players on. I can't even remember who the other two were. But it was like Mikey Butler. I was like, "That's come on, <laughs> give me, give Keen, me some sort." Key Lynch, Dahi Burke, and Mikey Butler. I think. But that was no genuinely. I thought part of that was was like, okay, let's say when you're approaching this team, I wrote down 15 numbers, and I went, "Okay, well, who's in here?" I went Connor Whelan, right? Connor Whelan's just in there because uh, I was like, "Do you pick him over Dahi Burke?" Who for me was the next pair. And I was like, well, you have Hugh Lawler there. So th- for me, there's only one, there's probably only a few players that you could pick a full back. Whereas there's other players there, centre forward. There was probably maybe eight, nine players where you could pick for centre forward. Full back, like you're genuinely saying it, not saying it as a cornerback, but like it's a tough position to pick. And uh, I think it's an important position to have someone like for Kilkenny at the moment, they don't really think of the full back position, who's going to be there this year. You know, you have someone in Hugh Lauder. Similar, like, you know, Limerick have the same thing where they're like, okay, we have a few players who will actually could play there. But, you know, for counties there who don't maybe have a full back or are trying lads in different positions, like that can be very unsettling for a team. So I was like, okay, well, I want solid decisions here. And one of the solid decisions for me has been Hugh Lauder. You know, often not not spoken about, but I think he's like the last two years the All Star fullback with under serious competition there and for the fullback position over the last few years. So um, yeah, he was my option. And then on Cody, of course, I was thinking about Cody. I was like, yeah, but there's so many options in the forwards as well that you maybe have a bit more leeway with the forwards to pick a few other lads from other counties, whereas the other counties maybe don't have as many really stellar backs. So that was kind of that's that's where my decision came in. Well, screw you. He's staying on the thumbnail because it's far too nice to attract people. <laughs> that's, going to be, that's going to be very misleading. Like, he's not going to be, the only reason he's mentioned is because he's actually not in a team. Yeah. So. <laughs> the, the, trust me, I was very tempted at one stage to put in Johnny Glynn. And then I thought, there's no way he's there's going no to way. But here we are. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe we've not talked about enough about that scale as the way you've snuck him in. I mean, you've snuck him in here because he's a freebie, isn't it? Yeah, basically, I, I bought a position and bought a, good, a really good hurler without sacrificing one of the tier one counties I won't lie the biggest actually issue I had was, was who to pick from Limerick like I I, yeah. tie, I tied around with Keen Lynch Kyle Hayes I, I just know, I didn't know who to pick then I went back to your team and said you know what I put in Sean Finn and that'll settle that <laughs> simple as that but like I, I, I did the same exercise you more if I listed out two or three players from each county and then tried to circle them together and mm. what, what really stands out yeah, is you can just you could pick three different sets of forwards you know yeah. The, the maximum field was a different proposition entirely. And I think Andrew Rowland kind of selected himself for that purpose. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that, fair, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but if in going up against others, there's no one from the outfield that, that leashed it out of me. You know what I mean? And then I could utilize other people from Westmead, Offaly, Kerry, then, then have them sacrifice a goalie, etc. So, yeah, the forwards was a simple one. Um, and Mike Butler, I thought about it, but I said, no, I'm not doing it because... I don't want to give more of the satisfaction of putting in that man into that team. <laughs> so I'm avoiding that. <laughs> so he's losing out because you don't want to give satisfaction to me, is it? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's exactly what I just said. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going with. That's grand. But I am terribly surprised how you put in Hugh Lawler fullback, didn't put in Tommy and then uh, a fullback and didn't let out your, your friend Mikey. I'm very surprised. But yeah. I think Hugh Lawler is my friend as well. I'd like to consider Hugh Lawler a friend also. I think yeah. Well, Chris, sorry, sorry, you're Mikey Butler's number one fan, right? So, <laughs> oh, so I think it's, it's sign of growth, Murph. We were at we were actually at Richie Reed's wedding um, uh, before Christmas, and I actually thought Mikey was there, and I was like, "Is this going to be weird now? Is he? Does he know? Does he know that you slag me about this now? I'm sure he does at this stage." But I was like, "Right." I was, you know, he was, if he does know about it, he played it off anyway. So 
I followed him for the night. No. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I went up to Chateau after the Leinster club semi-final and it was part of me kind of worried going, does he think that we're taking the piss out of him or does he realise we're taking the piss out of Murph here? Not at all. No, no. Very, very nice lad. Um, I think it was the oh, first yeah. time I'd, I'd spoken to him outside of maybe an All-Stars do a few years ago and that was about it. So, yeah. there you go. Mikey took it all in good spirits. Um, I, think, I, think, I think to settle this, Will, we have to establish a yeah. poll to the public whose team wins. Okay, I can I can yeah, stick a poll. I can stick a poll into definitely the Spotify because that comes up when I upload it, and I think I can put a poll onto the YouTube in the comments as well. Right, I didn't know you could do a poll on Spotify. Mm, yeah, you can. Yeah, apparently everyone leaves it by default. What do you think of this podcast? So someone can just write a comment and go, "I thought this podcast was shit" or whatever else. Okay. Um, well, if we put a poll in and go just the three teams, sure, we'll see. We'll see who votes and go. See what happens. Um. Yeah, exactly. Um, that brings you around nicely to the comments, by the way. Uh, this is the Hurling Pod on Off the Ball. It is with thanks to Borgosh Energy, proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. There were a few comments in from last week, which I uh, plucked out of the YouTube. Uh, we'll talk about the hand pass. So from Michael Cody, 828, ban the hand pass. It's ruining the game. They keep throwing the ball. Came off the back of the discussion where we were chatting about... Uh, the comments from Barry Kelly last week where he thought 75% of hand passes were illegal. So I spoke to another former All-Ireland referee in Brian Gavin a little bit earlier and I'll play a clip of that. And I'm going to put the full piece of Brian Gavin up as, I think we'll put up as a bonus pod, maybe as a free bonus pod for this week because I chatted to him about the refereeing standards and the fitness tests and how it could be that 12 or 13 referees had failed the first time round, and next thing the football referees go to Mallow and a whole load of them pass and there's football referees around and apparently this weekend some of the hurling referees were going back through the assessment again and it's believed the pass rate was much higher so I'll ask them about that whether that's the right testing with the bleep test currently uh, we'll talk about a few things like that but I, I'm going to play the bit with the hand pass in a few minutes from uh, from Brian as well who is uh, spoilers supportive of the Tipperary motion which is going forward to Congress at the end of this month Call McCarthy 9937's got good news for you Skell the holidays get better the older they get and that's not the holiday itself that's when the kids get older apparently holidays are going to be far better for you mm-hmm. uh, and obviously my wife listened to the podcast there of last week I bet she loved that she took issue with one thing just one thing well, the fact that I mentioned we weren't going on holidays this year or next year <laughs> so what did she do if she, she reliably informed me yesterday or was the day previous that she's going on to What's that thing? Booking.com or wherever it is. Yeah. And books yeah. three different places that you can cancel within you know, 24 hours. Yeah. So she goes, it's done. <laughs> it's like, gosh. <laughs> didn't confer. Like, you know, that's what I'm up against, lads. That's what I'm up so against. Do we, do we get to find out what the three places are? Because I kind of want to take part in this now. I want to find out. Actually, I didn't ask her. I didn't ask her. I just asked her for the timelines. When are they? And she goes, one is, I think it's August or September, right in the middle of Club Championship. Like, you know, smack in the middle of it. Like, I thought she know me at this stage, so that one has to get cancelled straight away. Deposit an order. A club not too far away from yourselves in Galway, you probably wouldn't have been allowed to do that. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> you know, and God knows where she's she picked. You know, that's the kind of thing. You, like, don't come wrong; she's the best in the world. But if you let her off, she she'd book you to Fiji <laughs> for three weeks. You know what I mean, oh, sorry. You're you, you know what I'm talking about, lads. But I'll take I'll take your word for it. Uh, Cotton McCarthy nine nine three seven. They get older <laughs> as they get better. Because it couldn't be much worse than it was. To give you your your full title, Carl. Um, Connor Phelan, or it could be Connor Phelan, given I reckon he's from Kilkenny direction. Nothing better than stealing an undeserving win down in Cork. So that was uh, Kilkenny's win last week. I thought undeserving was fair, but there you go. Was it undeserving? Uh, They led most of the game. 
Did they the whole game? game? actually. Sorry, yeah. No, I think Cork went ahead once in the second half, but it never okay. really. Sorry, it, they, they never really even. No, but even like during Cork's good period, they never really got out to any kind of lead and click any mm-hmm. right there all throughout. And the other one comes up a lot, which is Keith Scanlon fourteen. They hate Claire, always have. <laughs> they never talk about them. Same old story. We talk about Claire all the time. So that first oh part God. is wide in the mark, right? I guarantee they will say Claire won't get out of Munster again like last year. Ha ha. So, I don't know. Paul Murphy, if you want to take this one up first, because Gail has taken it in the neck from Claire fans in person, I think, when they were hammering Waterford a couple of years mm. ago and they were qualifying. Um, do, do you actually harbour any ill will towards Claire? Well, I would be friendly with Podge Collins and, and I also have kept in contact with like John Conlon over the years. It was way years ago on a GA trip with John Conlon. So get on really well with him. So it's going to be tough news for the boys that I actually hate them. They're just being friendly with the lads. Uh, no, I, I don't hate Claire. Um, I would say that... Sorry, what was the name again? Uh, who uh, Keith. 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 Um, I'd say Keith now, if, if Keith did a test on uh, bias, he's probably a little bit more biased towards Claire and that when he hears something negative, he probably construes that as we hate them. I would like to think we're trying to be fairly balanced. I would have thought over the years Cork fans would have had more of a reason maybe to think that we were being hard on them over a few of the years. I would have, again, thought we were being fair um, at the time. But I think we've been really fair to Claire. Um, granted, I hold my hands up. I, I thought they wouldn't maybe get out of... Uh, Munster last year I do think they'll get out of it this year I know we'll get on to that uh, come come the championship, championship stage don't but, commit to that Murph right now like players hmm. could get injured between now and then you don't have yeah. to say they're going to get well, from now from what I'm saying from now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah from now I, I do think they're going to get but no like I mean we don't hate Claire Jesus Christ like sure, I mean they're one of the most entertaining teams to watch but uh, would it be fair to say we, we've noticed some people think that we do hate them we have seen that quite a bit where some people said it we dislike them or that we're unfair on Claire. It's maybe probably more uh, fair reflection is that people have been saying we're unfair, but I don't think so. Like we've said a really lot of positive stuff about Brian Lowen uh, in terms of what he's done. Um, in terms of particularly during COVID there as well, when he was dealt a few blows, when they played was at Wexford and he had to, two of his players were down as close contacts and he, he was throwing a few rough deals around then. Um, when he deployed John Conlon at centre-back, he was getting a bit of a hard time. They lost to Antrim up in Corrigan Park. And he turned it around and I think we're really complimentary. But like we, we've been, I think, really complimentary of Claire's style as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably, no, that, that's not fair to say. We do. I don't dislike Claire. I have great no. And to be fair, two Claire supporters actually came in and defended you underneath that and went, Oh yeah, grand. All right, all right. They got, <laughs> they got it wrong without, about the qualification, but I don't yeah. think they've ever shown any kind of hatred towards the team. So No, well, like, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to pick teams. And like, if we're saying, right, who's going to win Leinster? Or, okay, let's say, who's going to win Munster? If you pick one team, it doesn't mean you hate the rest of the teams. You just have to pick a team yeah. to go with it. If you have picked three teams that are going to come out of Munster, unfortunately, there's two counties that you're going to have to leave behind. It doesn't mean you hate them. It just means that Based on current statistics and analysis, you don't think they're going to come out of the province, but yeah. But yeah. Do, do you think when we assessed him as a whole, like we're very favourable towards him? We, we never question the manager because we all like him. We yeah. don't only question their tactics. We don't question their personnel. You know, what, the only things mm-hmm. we question, I find, is uh, specific incidents. You know, mm-hmm. so we might look at Jimber Hegarty getting sent off with Arden Fitzgerald, is that his name? Uh, you know, the decision with, with John Conlon and Tony Kelly in the semi finals versus, you know, you might look at certain things, yeah. refereeing decisions in certain games, 
and that yeah. can be viewed as us as bi- as bias. And look, there are some people probably in Clare who would like this pod to be called the Banner Pod. You know, that's just, that's just but you get them in every county. There's someone in Galway the same way in Cork that the minute you speak ill of any incident or game yeah. or result, they think yeah, you're, you're turning against the whole county. No, couldn't be further from the truth. No, like we 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 said now, Clare are in a win now. Uh, more because they have the group, they have the players, and they've got a season manager behind them. So if that constitutes yeah. hate, I don't know. I must really hate Tipperary then. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm joking. Before you go any further, I'm joking. Jesus, you know. Get more relaxed. Where's sarcasm gone these days? Where has it gone? Yeah, and like I think that that is the key point. Two weeks ago, we sat here in this podcast. This is Kel wasn't here, and we were talking about the fact that Clare's stick for achievement is higher than the vast, vast majority of teams because they beat Limerick, because they've been to two All Ireland semi-finals, because they've been mm. so close in Munster. We are holding Clare to the standard that Clare should be competing to try and win two major trophies this summer. I think that's the ultimate compliment you can give any team. That's also it doesn't mean we're not talking about them. That means we're yeah. saying, do you know what? Clare are really, really good. And we're interested to see how these young players get integrated throughout the league because it's going to add to their panel. I don't think mm-hmm. at any point do we go, My, we're not going to talk about Clare this week. Yeah, I mean, and maybe as well, some people have said that, uh, or, or might look to say that we said Kenny were the second team probably in Ireland. There was debate over that. But you see Austin Decent... They were in the All-Ireland final. Yeah, but Austin Decent did an interview there during the week and he was asked who is the second team in the country that potentially could go and beat Limerick and he, he picked Kilkenny like so I mean there again Austin Deason has no like I mean if anything he should have a, a dislike it's for Kilkenny like we're, we're, na- we're neighbours you know but um, yeah do you know look here you have to stand by what we said and I think we've been fair at all times hmm. yeah, like Emma Dunphy we were wrong here's why we were wrong and then, <laughs> then Kilkenny won two semi-finals against them and Kilkenny were in the league final last year and they were in the All-Ireland final alright they didn't beat Limerick on those occasions but They've been the closest to them based on all the evidence, even if Clare beat them earlier in the championship. So you can argue about second or third. I'm sure everyone in Limerick doesn't give a square S about who's second or third when they're sitting number one at the moment. Uh, Right. Let's have a look at some of the scenes here because I wanted to pull up a little bit of this from uh, the end of the Fitzgibbon Cup final after Mary I got the win. So this is from uh, Higher Education GEA's video afterwards. Jerome Quinn was doing the video for them. Uh, there's something quite novel. We might talk about the venue in a second, Skell, about having a kind of a club GA ground uh, for the end of the Fitzgibbon. But I think this is quite beautiful. Obviously, the enjoyment the guys are getting, who know they're probably never going to play against uh, alongside each other again if they're in their final year particularly. It's an mm-hmm. all-Limerick final that Mary I have just come through. And, like, you can't but love these moments here with two cousins uh, chatting to each other on the sideline and embracing with Podge Collins and with uh, Jamie Wall. Because I was reading last week, uh, Kieran Shannon, the great piece in The Examiner, where these two lads used to go to their grandparents' farm at one point and basically imagine that they were playing All-Ireland football and hurling finals against each other. And here they are now as part of a management team with the Mary I team who didn't go too well the last couple of years. And now here they are as champions of the Fitzgibbon again. There's something quite lovely about that story, isn't there? I, I kind of think, it, like, I don't want to state this and I don't want it to be offensive anymore, but I, th- I think it's just, with Jamie Wall, it's a lovely story. Do you know what I mean? What, what, he's obviously had tragedy in his life and then he's, he's bounced back, become a very, very astute coach and manager. And then to win a title in a college that he's obviously had a history with 
along with his cousin is kind of special, you know. So like the scenes you showed in the video there with, with guys celebrating, like some of that comes, obviously winning is, is great, but then when you, when you win kind of against the curve, you know, because to be honest, I expected you well to win that. I presume the vast majority of people expected you well, you well to win that game when you look at the firepower they had. And just Mary I said, a real dogman-like performance. And probably the way they performed was probably uh, embodied the way the two guys managed them, if you know what I mean, coached them. Kind of a, a kind of fearless go forward attitude and look it was it was nice um, and like you said uh, Novel being in Kerry North Kerry and uh, the pitch was okay I thought it didn't help <clears throat> the match to be honest look we're looking for a fast paced match you know what I mean on a, like 5G, a 5G surface and we kind of forget at times that it's mid-February but the occasion as a whole that's what kind of the Fitzgibbon was all about where you bring it to areas or venues that wouldn't be the norm for inter-county games so and like it's just it's just you know, it's it's good to see. It's good for the sport, if you ask me. It's good for, you know, College Hurling, because I think College Hurling is probably coming under a small bit of pressure when you think of the compression that's involved with the inter-county season. Um, I sometimes I get the feeling that the inter-county uh, fixture fixture is kind of is congestion and conversion on top of the college season. And I'm a big advocate for College Hurling because um, I, I, I've often said, like say, it's, it's one of the best teams I've ever part of. And like you said, you get one opportunity to play with a specific team. Then the next year, it's like a complete transformation because people move on, people move in. So I'm happy that the, the competition itself, you know, came across in a really good manner because we had two good semifinals and a really good final. And and like if you've got good competition where it's close and all the best show hurlers at that age are on showcase, the competition has to survive. You know, that's why the Raven Cups, in my view, died. You know, because it just didn't get the traction. It didn't get this, you know, the same kind of respect. Uh, and effort, if you ask me, uh, that the college hurling gets, and the college hurling gets a ferocious amount of effort from both players and management alike. So, like, long may continue. Yeah, um, you spoke about you know two lads from the same county going up against each other. Uh, Adam Hogan had an incredible game, didn't he? He was very sharp. Yeah, he, like I think he kind of suited him to be honest, you know. And I think when I look at Mark Rogers or even you know even Shane Meaton from Mary or, or even or you know, Sean Hanlon at English, they're kind of a space pace hurler, so they, they'd like the ball put into space. Uh, where they can utilize pace and take on that. And I said, yeah, the, the pitch was a touch heavy. So, but Hogan is that type of player that uh, we would have said in the past, right? Now, I have to be careful because he's from Clare that he is beyond the edge to a touch, like, you know what I mean? But he played really well on the edge yesterday. Yes, there's a foul or two, but like he, ha- he did what he had to do on Rodgers. And like he stemmed a really, really important player for UL. Their captain, the talisman, one, one of the best forwards, young of the year, et cetera. The, the list goes on with that man. And if you can go, if you can take, take out that man, we'll effectively take him out of, of the game. You do go a long way of beating that position. That, that's the truth of it, you know. It's like if you go to, you know, take on Kilkenny and you manage to take out on Cody, you're, you're 5%, 10% extra the way there, you know what I mean? So if you can have someone in your in your team who can do that, it's like it's priceless. And we often say, and I think it's the reason why you know, we go back to Tommy Doyle for a second. You know, if, if Tommy Tommy Doyle had much more of a sporting cast, right, we'd talk about his name more. Mm. You know what I mean? So these these games are all about, let's say, numbers and matchups. So like when you get like Adam Hogan put into a good team who can take out Mark Rogers, sure, it's huge, it's huge for a team. You know, recipe yeah. for success. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Let's have a quick listen to a bit of Jamie Walling because Jamie caught up with Tommy Rooney after the game, and here's what he said, particularly about the importance of that family connection with him and Podge uh, going into the final. The the journey up the road today, you pass by a familiar haunt. Yeah, I did. It was it was kind of emotional on the way up. Even like you know, you spoke about that family connection, but you know, we obviously have it. Myself and Podge, um, we're first cousins. We're best friends a long, long time, um, and we kind of grew up together playing football and hurling against each other, with each other. But one of the battlegrounds was our grandparents' farm in Cullen, and I didn't realise it because I went home last night. We met last night in Limerick, and I just said, you know what, I stay in my own bed, and I went home. 
and I typed into the sat nav this morning for, for the Devon Inn there in Temple Glanton and the route took me by Churchill in, in Mal, on, on the Mallow Road in Cullen and I kind of did a double take I said Jesus that's going past Nana's house and sure it was and so we went past uh, Nana's house and um, our uncle's house as well that has still has the pitch and on, on, it's literally on the main Mallow Clarny Road and like we had so many days where we kicked lumps out of each other in that field and just to drive past it this morning was a kind of reminder of what this is all about and what it's been about for us and it's just um, it's it's kind of you know like I said I said it in TG Carr said that this is for for our grandparents um, you know our nana and granda granda who's no longer with us but you know that this kind of they'd be so proud of the connection that that their that their 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 descendants still have and so happy with that and it's a mark of them and I suppose it's just um, yeah it's just it's just it just adds to the emotion of the whole thing a small bit. So he's now a two-time Fitzgibbon winning manager at this point. Uh, there's a seven-year gap between the two wins here, but also involved with Cregan in 16. When he initially went to Mary I, Paul, it wasn't a case of they were actually at the very top table. So they had to work their way up to Fitzgibbon when he first went in. They were stacked with some of these really high-quality Limerick lads that were there, and they brought the standard up as they went along. But at some point, does Jamie Wall come into consideration for some inter-county jobs here? Because... Winning two Fitzgibbons would surely put you in the conversation when jobs come up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like there's there's different challenges posed with managing Fitzgibbon teams than there is with Intercounty. In that, you know, we often talk about Intercounty teams maybe having a few years of rebuilding and different things. You don't have that luxury necessarily with Fitzgibbon teams. You have a window is really what you have, and uh, you also have a window of where players are really developing. They're at the age where they're, you know, a lot of these lads involved with inter-county, senior inter-county teams, and they're going through serious development in terms of the oldest lads. I mean, we saw some of the players there. They're enormous men. And we see some of the younger lads in as well. You know, they still have a, a bit of a way to go. They're in their early years. They're in their fresher years. But, um, so you have that dynamic that, that Jamie's managing there. And, you know, he's shown such consistency, you know, from back, like you're saying, with Eamon Cregan's time right up to now, that he has a method, he has an understanding as to how he wants to form these teams together and gel them. And, and I mean, like, you know, Mary I going in underdogs into this as well, you know, he'd be obviously under no illusion of that. Um, but, you know, still keeps coming back with the results. Absolutely, he gets considered for inter-county jobs, and rightly so. Um, I've never sat down any great length uh, with, with Jamie. Like, we, we obviously did the podcast with him, the live pod down in Dolan's there uh, two years ago. Chatted away to him, and I've, I've met him several times. But, you know, I'd say, from, from what I've seen of him uh, in terms of a manager, I'd say he'd be a very interesting fellow to actually sit down with and, and, I suppose, get inside his head in terms of the way he approaches it, because each manager will approach it differently. But, no, to bring you back to, the, to your point, um, Absolutely, he does surely get considered over the next few years for inter-county jobs. Now, whether what his what his plan is, you know, I'm, I'm probably is something maybe that probably is an itch he wants to scratch. Um, but I think from everything we've seen of him over the last few years, the natural progression will be to step into an inter-county team, and from what we see of, as well, do a really good job at that. Mm. Um, I went down to Meetingscale in Kilbritton we were doing a piece um, anyone can find it in the Off the Ball YouTube uh, with himself and Sarah O'Donovan who are quite good friends and he's involved with Kilbritton uh, coaching them in recent times as well he was doing a bit of help out with um, particularly scouting for the Cork 20s and like he had it was a few weeks before Cork and Offaly were due to play in the All-Ireland final and like he had an encyclopedia of knowledge about not just the lads who were involved in Cork, but also the teams that they were going to face. I suppose naturally he'd be scouting some of them around Mary Eye anyway. Yeah. But this to me is like a guy who's a really good communicator, but also has a really good hurling brain as well. 
I, I think though, um, certainly yes. And but I think when, you, when you're in, involved with his keeping team as long as he has, he has a certain, you know, he's he's a knack for developing a relationship with, with, with guys of a certain age. So like when you ask the question about about intercounty, straight away I'm thinking well, Ben O'Connor's done really well with the twenties. Could he naturally progress? Not to rule Pat right now of a job or anything into yeah. the senior role, and then potentially Jamie Wall taking to a minor under twenty role because he seems to knock a good bit of change out of guys at this age age group. And like when you're talking about scouting, like I think he has to do it. I think if you go draw like a <clears throat> eighty mile radius around around Limerick, let's say you're going to have to say that any any guy within the, within that range is is capable of paying for Mary I. And like they only have. I could be wrong here, but I don't think I think they only have three Fitzgibbons in their history. So yes. like he's obviously been involved in you know in all of them. So so to bring to come to a college that hasn't been renowned for for uh, you know for for tier one hurling college and then put in a program as they say in American terms, transform it and then be, be successful. That's that's no easy task. Lad. I know it's easy. You can say you know you can be really can you can contest these competitions with great recruitment, but you still have to go and put pieces together. Which it's shown yesterday. Great recruitment in you well, it doesn't necessarily transpire into success, you know. So mm-hmm. you have to get all the pieces together, yeah, but then you have to make the pieces work. So he seems like a good kind of I, I the word I'd probably use for Jamie Waller is like a scholar of the game. You know, that that's like he has he's he's really invested his time into your know, knowledge, the uh, tactical approach, let's say different I suppose methods of, of trying to stay involved in the game and, and pursue his own career in a different manner, you know. So, like, yeah, I think the future's right from. I think he's, he's very well got because even from talking to a couple of Galway guys, not this year but last year, uh, about him just randomly, he came up in conversation that they really liked his, you know, his what was the word that they used? Um, warmth was the word they used him. Do you know what I mean? That he was able to approach him really well. So, like, if you've got a guy that you were willing to play for, you know, that's the manager making, obviously. Mm. Um, by the way, I hear your pen clicking in the background, and Kira, who who originally had pointed out to us last week. <laughs> Um, about, what was what was your phrase last week that there was the one that particularly stood out as I just find uh, what mm. was pointed out here was it was it negate it was negate wasn't it yeah probably it negate yeah probably mm. now I'm, no, I'm using nullify yeah. so now Kira put in your pipe and smoke it there you go nullify, <laughs> nullify is fine but now uh, instead of negate the fecker has replaced it with clicking his pen was what's been brought up so is she agitated about this or what's the story do I have to stop not necessarily. I don't think so. But I think it was just there was there was a lot of pen clicking last week for anyone who who wasn't watching it. Well, I noticed last week because I um I put on I put it on the kitchen to listen back after we'd recorded, and the first thing I could actually hear was not just the pen clicking, but you dropped the pen a couple of times last week. I too. did. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I, oftentimes in lads, I, I go back on the notes right that I'd be writing during the pod or pre, and like I, I mean I can't even read half of it. I'd be writing it so fast, you know. I, and I don't know why I'm writing it. I just, I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's a healthy habit though. <laughs> it's a healthy habit. But whatever keeps the brain occupied, James, whatever keeps the brain occupied. Um, yeah. Right. What, what we will do then is we will call us a lot for the Monday pod here, which uh, we the boys are giving away a little bit when you keep on hearing yesterday and tomorrow and this type of stuff. We are recording this on Sunday night currently um, as opposed to Monday. So it'll be up early on Monday is the uh, good news if you're waiting for a podcast to listen to. What we're going to do on the second pod, we'll have a chat about the hand pass a bit and some of the referee comments. We want to look at intercounty spending on the OTB members pod as well. And we'll have a bit of a look ahead, a very early look ahead to the games that are taking place uh, next weekend after the break as well. But for now, lads, Paul Murphy, thanks a million. Thanks very much, lads. James Gell, keep clicking the pen. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> 
two two for free there, Kira. Right. We shall talk to you next week if you're not involved in the members pod. But I would encourage if you are uh, someone who messaged me earlier today, even if you're not becoming a subscriber, and obviously we would naturally say you're getting fantastic value if you sign up for the whole OTB package and you can listen to every off the ball podcast and not just us. Also, if you just sign up on the app and you want to get a bit of a taste for things, you can get three free pods and you can go, hey, you know what? The members pod might actually be good after the lads have around hurling to talk about next week. Have a sample. You can do three free a month if you sign up on the Off The Ball app as well. You don't have to make a commitment to any payments. Just sign up and you can get three free ones a month there as well. Offtheball.com forward slash join if you are thinking of becoming a member. But as I stress every single week, if you're going to sign up, sign up in your preferred method. So if you're a Spotify user, go there. Go to Apple Pods if that's where you use. Use the app if you're elsewhere. And use YouTube if you prefer to watch us and you want to watch the members pod each week. All right, we shall leave it there for this week. For the Monday pod, we'll be back with a members pod, which will be available on Tuesday as well. OTB's The Hurling Pod. With Board Gosh Energy. Proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship.